So, I get winter, I get into winter, I get yar. Where we stopped, where we left off, would a tack have been more appropriate to do before Yom Kippur? Or is worse to rush it than do it after Yom Kippur? Okay, we are on Samachalafamid Bays, about six lines from the top. Tanya. Tanya. Rabyoisi Aglili Oimer. Tzadikim Yetzer Taif Shaifta. Tzadikim are guided or ruled or led by their Yetzer Taif. Shanemar Velibi Cholol Bekirbi. Rishoyim Yetzer Rashaifta and Rishoyim are led by the Yetzer Hara. Shanemar Numpesha Larosha Bekirbi. Bekerv Libi, the, you know, spoken by the sinner, the Russia, within my heart, ain't pachad alikim l'neged enof. Beinanim, and those that are neither tzaddikim or rishayim, beinanim zev zeshayftan, beinanim are ruled by both. Shenemar yamid limen evgen lehivosha mishayftan afshe, Hashem has to stand to the right, to the assistance of the poor person, to save him, from the judgments on his nefesh, which means his nefesh is constantly in judgment. It's, it's constantly in turmoil. It's never miyushif. So this Gemara, this Gemara is, is pretty shiver, like what's it saying? So there's many pshatim. So one of the pshatim I saw, what does it mean rules you? Your Yetzirah rules you, Yetzirah rules you. What that means is, one of the problem is that everyone knows that we humans, we had this recently when we were talking about Mafli Lasais, we humans are a hybrid between Ruchni and Gashmi. We're a very unique combination. That we have half of us, which is Ruchnias, that wants to strive higher, and we have half of us, which is Gashmi, which wants to involve itself in earthly matters as much as possible. And it's a constant struggle. And by us empowering either side, it pushes the needle and it gives that side strength. So, which means, what does it mean a tzaddik is ruled by his yetzer type? It means that the tzaddik empowered his yetzer type by making proper decisions and his yetzer type is ruling him. A Russia empowered his yetzer hara and is allowing, through his decisions, his Yetzirah to rule him. Says the Gemara, an incredible line, Omar Rava, says Rava, anu, <coughs> like us, Bainanim. We are Bainanim. Amalei Abayah, don't say that. Don't say that. Amalei Abayah, leshavik marchayi Rava, you leave nobody any life. Because if Rava's a Bainanim, I mean, then I'm like, mamish. I don't even register on the scale. If Rava clocks in at a 5 out of 10, if Rava clocks in at a 7 out of 10, then what am I? You know, if Rava starts off, you know, at the extreme, extreme end of the scale, Rava's a 10 plus, okay, maybe there's room for me on the scale. But if Rava himself is a Bainan and clocks in at somewhere in the middle of the scale, 
then where does that leave the rest of us? So Abayah doesn't seem to be arguing on Rava, like, no, you're not a Benini, you're a Tzaddik. But Abayah is just telling him, don't say that, it's just going to discourage people. The world was not created, which means no one gets full use out of the world. There are only two kinds of people that are happy. And this is something we've discussed before. Either pure Rishayim are happy because they at least get the full use out of Elam Hazem. They go and they use every amenity here on Elam Hazem without compunction. And therefore, at least, they're getting full use of Elam Hazem. Or Tzadikim Gemurim, they're at least getting full use of Elam Haba. The rest of us, who are not a Tzadik Gomer, not a Russian Gomer, we don't enjoy Elam Hazem properly, and we don't enjoy Elam Haba properly. So the world, meaning in its most perfect sense, wasn't created for either of those categories. And then finally, to end this section off of curious statements, Amarova, Leida Inish Benafshe, a person should know about himself. A person should be self-aware. In Tzadigamr who him love. If he's a Tzadigamr or not. Which is a very, very interesting statement. You should know if you're outside the gummer. Yeah, I mean, I should know a lot of things. Why is it so important for me to know if I'm outside the gummer or not? And isn't Rubber the one that just said he's a Bainini? So I was thinking, before you, Kipper, I was thinking that, that what Rubber is saying is, is that a person has to know if he's a tzaddikama or not, to know whether or not his push is coming from the right place or not. Which means, if you're a tzaddikama, that means when you have an urge to do something good, it's coming from a good place. And if you have an urge to do something bad, it's coming from a bad place. If you're not a tzaddikama, things are confusing. Sometimes what you think is good isn't good. And sometimes what you think is bad isn't bad. If a person's not a tzaddikam, he can't trust his intuition. He can't trust his judgment. Maybe when I really, really want to do what sounds like a mitzvah, it's really a cop-out. And maybe when I want to do an avera, it's also not really an avera. If a person isn't in touch with himself and doesn't know what's motivating him, you can never know if what you're doing is a good thing or a bad thing. A person has to be self-aware to know what motivates him. Why, why all of a sudden do I really, really want to do such and such an activity? Is it coming from a good place or is it not coming from a good place? Rav is saying a person has to be in touch with himself because you have to know your motivation for wanting to do what you're doing. And it's not always clear what for me may be a mitzvah, may be an avera for you. You know, if a person is, you know, let's say a person's like a recovering alcoholic. You know, my kid comes to me and goes like, there's this guy, he came out of a church next to yeshiva. It's an Alcoholics Anonymous place. So what for, what for 
my kid thought the guy was nuts. The guy with a beard and pace coming out of a, a church. So for what my kid is an Aveira, for that guy, it's a mitzvah. I tried explaining this to him. He didn't believe me. But, but in other words, you have to know your motivation because two people could do the exact same thing. For one guy, it's a mitzvah. For one guy, it's an Aveira. What's motivating you? If you're not pure, which none of us are, you can't always trust your instinct. Where's this coming from? Where's this sudden taiva to give a huge amount of stuck coming from? Probably a good place. Maybe a competitive place. You have to know where your taivas come from. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? I think that's what Rav is saying. And finally, back to the line we said before this, says the Gemara, Omar, Ravli, Ivri, Alma, the world wasn't created, Elala, Achav ben Imri, who is a pure Russia. So Achav, who, when Rashi says, was extremely rich. <coughs> so Achav, he, Mamish, lived it up in Elam Haza to the fullest extent. He had the means and the capability to do so, and he acted on it. There was no holding back with Achav. So Achav, at least, made full use of Elam Haza because the rest of us don't have the means and don't have the ability and we don't want to be purely evil people. So we're a far cry from Ahav. We don't. None of us make the full use of Elam Haza. We deny ourselves all the time. Every single one of us is constantly denying ourselves uh, worldly pleasures. Now, it could be due to lack of money. It could be due to protecting our reputation. It could be because I make the right choices. But the bottom line is, none of us are fully enjoying Elam Haza. Ahav, he mamash had the trifecta. He was fabulously wealthy. No one told Ahav what to do except for Izevo. And Ahav didn't care about his Elam Haza. So he got full use of Elam Haza. Who was a purely spiritual person, he will at least get a full Elam Haba. Okay, let's move on to more famous Gemaras. That Gemara is hard. Nothing's clear in that Gemara. Okay. Says the Gemara of Ahavta We say every day in Shema twice, you have to love Hashem. And then it gives three um, bars, three qualifications of how you have to love Hashem. Says the Gemara. In memory of it says with all your life, why does that have to say with all your property, with all your money? If it says with all your money, obviously with all your life. Meaning, those two categories sound redundant. When will you ever have one category without the other? Says the Gemara, I'll tell you when. If you have a person someone whose life is more valuable than his money, for him we say, you have to sacrifice even what's most important to you, even your life, for Avas Hashem. And if you have a person whose money is more valuable than his life, that's why it says with all your property, that you, who your money is more valuable to you than your life, you have to worship Hashem and not Havayi Zahar, which we'll talk about in a second, even at the expense of your money. Your life, you don't care about, but something you really care about, your money, 
you have to be over Hashem even at the expense of your money. Now this Gemara, obviously, is crazy schwer, which means, well, obviously the kasha is, is there anybody whose money is more valuable to them than their life? Maybe. But even if you think that your money is more valuable than your life, it can't be, because if you're dead, you don't own any money anyway. So how is this even possible? How is this even possible? We're saying there's two kinds of people. People who, if you ask them, what is your most prized possession, they'll say their life, then they have to be even Hashem at the expense of their life. Then there are other people who don't really care about their life so much, and all they care about is their money. So then we tell them, you have to, you have to be over Hashem even at the expense of all your money. But there's no one like that. There's no one that thinks their money is worth more than their life. Because even if, you know, someone really, 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 really loves their money, even if someone really loves their money, if you're dead, you can't love your money. You don't own your money. It's going to go to somebody else. It's going to go to your yarship. So how is there someone who loves their money more than their life? I you're thinking rationally, but they're thinking emotionally. So I, I think... Rationally, of course, if you break it down, nobody's really going to believe that, but their emotional the reaction way, is towards their money. Plenty of people commit suicide because of financial woes. So suicide's a bad raya because no one commits suicide rationally. It's a mental illness. I mean, you can see how people spend money, how people deal with money, that it's, it's that, usually very often emotional. I hear. I think you're yeah, right. Pu- I think you're right. Pushup shot. Meaning, meaning you're saying that, like, you know, it's like, I'm not if you, if you like tell someone, like, you know, if you jump off the Empire State Building, I have a million dollars waiting for you on the floor. No one's doing that. But in other words, if you put someone in a situation and like they're totally crazy, but there's money to be made, they'll do it like, like America's Greatest Catch. Like, you know, it's like, you're crazy. You know, someone dies every season. Right. You know, like, and right. people still do it. Um, the, I, I, I agree with you. The gra, the gra says this kasha is so, is so shver. The gra and Shnei says this kasha is so shver. It's not going on really giving up your money or really giving up your life. It's going on performance and mitzvahs. That there's different people. Some people, when they're presented with a problem, it's very easy for them to cut a check and patzich up the whole thing. Okay, fine. What do you need? You need, you need a check? Fine. But I really, need, I really need your sweat. I really need you to get involved. I really need you to, to work this. I really need your time. I need your emotion. I need your commitment. Nah, I don't have time for this. This mitzvah is beyond the scope of my... Of my uh, I'm not getting involved. I'll be happy to cut you a check. How much you want? Leave me alone. And then there's other people that, like, they'll, they'll be fully involved, but they can't cut a check. So the Gras says that it's talking about mitzvahs. That you, and this, this is mamish, you know, everyone, everyone gets this right away. There's two kinds of people. Some people are, I mean, listen, you have some people that are neither, but we're not talking about them. You have some people that their involvement is easier for them than cutting a check. And there's some people that cutting a check is easier than their involvement. And, and therefore, the Torah is telling us that for both of these people, no, 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 
You have to be Eved Hashem even with the category that is harder for you. If you're the category that does mind getting involved, but it hurts to write a check, for Asiyah's HaMitzvah, you have to write a check. If you're the category that's easy to write a check, you don't want to get involved. For Asiyah's HaMitzvah, you have to get involved. That's one gra. It's another gra, which seems to be a steer to the first gra. We're not going to talk about that. This Gemara is the source for something we're all familiar with. We know that when it comes to how much money does one have to spend to be a Fumayid? So we know that the, the I'm not talking about tuition, I'm talking about like specific mitzvahs. Um, we know that the number is a fifth, which means if let's say you have $1,000 in the bank, and the only esrig out there is $220, you're not mechiv to buy it. Because it's more than one-fifth of your, of your money. Mitzvah's essay is ad, ad chamesh b'damav. Now, Eloi say, the common thinking is a person must give up all of his money not to commit a losaseh. Which means, if you're really, really hungry, if you're really hungry and you're going to die and the only thing to eat is McDonald's, you eat McDonald's. But, if you're really, really hungry and you have two choices. You have a kosher meal, which will literally wipe you out financially, and you have McDonald's, which costs two twenty nine for a Happy Meal. You're mechuyev to be wiped out financially and not be over and over. Now, of course, if you're going to die or get sick, there's nothing to talk about. You can be over any of the Israel of the Torah except for Gimachamuris. But if it's a financial hit. For a lice, I say one is mechayiv to take a full financial hit. And this is for all mitzvahs, and this is how the Ran Paskins, and this is brought in the Ramah in Shulchan Aruch Yeridea, Kuf Nun Dalid, Sif Dalid, by the Ramah. And this is the source, that it says, Bechol Maidecha, that a person is mechayiv to be over Hashem, Bechol Maidecha, and therefore, to avoid being over a love, a person is mechayiv to take a wipeout financially, a complete total loss financially, in order to avoid being over a love. And this is the source. Asks the gra, what are you talking about? There's a gra in Shulchan Aruch. What are you talking about? This is talking about Avodah Zarah. V'ahavtes Hashem, you should be ayiv Hashem, even at the expense of your money, if a guy tells you, be over of a desire, or I will take away all your money, you're to give all your money. Asks the gra on the Ramo, which is really a run, asks the gra, you have no source that for any mitzvah besides of a a person is to give up all of his money. And the gra argues fundamentally on this concept. So, so the, the Marcheshes has a mahalach to be miyash of the gra, but on the surface, the gra is asking on a concept that we're all familiar with. For mitzvahs loisaseh, a person is mechayiv to lose all his money, which is a Ramon Shulchanach. You're not wrong. But asks the gra, what are you talking about? 
The source for this is Bechol Maidecha. Bechol Maidecha is by Va'ahavtas Hashem, Mitzvah Avas Hashem, which comes at the expense of not being Eved Avedizar. So, yeah, for Eved Avedizar, you're talking about to give up all your money. However, you have no source that for any other Mitzvah, for instance, Shatnez or Kosher or Shabbos or something like that, that you're Machayiv to give up all your money. You know, so I, I don't know how, I, again, this, this, we're just talking in alumnus terms. I don't know how far the grow would take this. Which means, let me ask you a question. Let's say something's happening to your money on Shabbos. All your money, your entire bank account, your entire life savings. Something's happening to your money on Shabbos. Either some guy is physically taking it away from you. And you would have to like carry it in Rosh Hashanah to bring back all your dollars, or something is electronically happening to you, and like someone's like hacking your account or something like that. And if you just like change your password on Shabbos and like stop this, you could save all your money. So we're talking over here. Shabbos is not from the Gimel Hamuris. We're talking over here being over a say in order to save all your money. Can I or can I not? The Ramos said, No, you can't. You lose all your money. Don't be Shabbos. Is the Grot telling me I could be Michal Shabbos to save all my money? I don't know how far to take the Grot, but the Grot is arguing on this Ramah. I, I, I don't know what the answer is, but no, just the surface, the Grot uses this Gemara to argue on that Ramah. Okay.